Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. I love voracious learners. I really do. I, I, I love to know what they're reading, what they're thinking about, how they're turning their ideas into actions. Um, and in the security industry, I find them, of course, in various disciplines. They could be practitioners uh, working uh, as chief security officers. They could be in executive protection. They could be in risk forensics analysis. Uh, and they might be in different contexts. They might be front of mind issues around human trafficking or protective intelligence or how we embed security endemically in the DNA of a company so we can manage risk and opportunity. And, and so when I am um, canvassing the industry, I run across these voices that I just know have to be heard. And one of them is Monica Dupran Rodriguez, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, who is Senior Manager, Global Security and Risk Management at LinkedIn. Monica, welcome to The Great Conversation. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. We, uh, uh, it was funny because, you know, when I first fire up Zoom to do these podcasts, that's audio only, we can see each other. And of course, uh, Monica gets to see my library in the background. And, uh, and, and so I said, uh, Monica, no agenda. Let's just talk about real time. What's, what's front of mind these days for Monica? Ooh, what's front of mind for Monica? Um, I think um, the, the biggest thing is uh, developing my team. Uh, it's been an ongoing process since I started at LinkedIn and um, growing the team has been um, a, a really wonderful experience for me. Um, and then trying to integrate the different personalities and um, the growing pains that go with that. Because uh, when you have those different personalities and getting them all to communicate in the same language, um, where we all understand each other has been, uh, you know, a process, but it's, it's also been uh, very exciting. Um, every time that we have a new person start with our team, you know, it, it, we just sit back and it's like, man, this is happening. This is so exciting. Um, and I've also been um, conveying to the team that they are part of this foundation that we're developing. And so this program is not mine, it's ours. And uh, giving them that ownership has really made a huge difference in, in how they perform as well. So that's front of mind for me. Well, uh, okay. Uh, you just tapped into something that I'm fascinated with. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know the old Bible story, the Tower of Babel, yes, right? And, and, and we're not going to go into it, but bottom line is the the construction of the Tower of Babel, which is a form of pride, uh, ended up in the people who are constructing the tower to be dispersed throughout the planet with different languages. Because with one language, they had the hubris that they could do anything, right? So they split them up into different languages that ended up in different cultures. You can We, we can go from there. But what I'm fascinated about that old, old story is I would sit at the table with a CEO and in their executive management team, they had HR, they had legal, they had sales and marketing, 
they had finance, right? They had supply chain. And I would stand around the table and go, they're all speaking different languages. And, and the CEO has to somehow be the Berlitz United Nations guy that, that translates what everyone's saying into a whole picture. Do you find yourself doing that? I do. I do find myself doing that. I think it's extremely important uh, in, in my position to be able to speak the other languages. You know, if I'm, if I'm speaking to the CFO or the CEO, I have to speak their language. If I'm speaking to the EA, I have to speak her language. Um, and it's, uh, sometimes it requires me to do a little bit of research and, and learn. I'm continuously learning as I go. And um, I think that's one of the things that is missing in, uh, for example, executive protection. Um, we have protectors who go in and they, they want to just protect, but uh, if we don't have that conversation at the level of the people that we're protecting, then there's going to be some miscommunication um, or they're just not going to get the message at all. And this is where we run into executives who are not really open to having executive protection because they don't really understand what we do. Um, and many times they'll just be like, oh, that's security. Well, you know, it's, it's not really just security. So having that conversation in their language is extremely important. So yeah, different languages all the time and continuous learning. So part of your empowerment of this team, setting the foundation for an A-class team that will integrate into the business uh, with those soft skills of empathy, those soft skills of inquiry, those soft skills of self-awareness, all those skills that you as a voracious learner have been developing over time, but you've got them in a room now. What are you finding? Help, help other executives like yourself for a second. What are you finding is the best method for doing that? Um, I think for, for me, what has worked is not just barging into the office saying, okay, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is how you're going to do, you know, this is your part in this, in this plan. Um, for me, it's been a very gradual process, getting to know them first, breaking the ice, um, establishing something that we have in common. Um, all of those things lend themselves to getting into the conversation of what executive protection is. Wow. Um, and I also manage the global event security team. So understanding the umbrella and the, the reach that we have globally um, is, is extremely important. And, and I'm able to do that because I've taken my time in establishing that, that relationship. Um, it's kind of like dating, you know, you don't just go in and say, let's get married. I think you're amazing, right? You have to get to know the person and um, establish a rapport and also show, demonstrate that you do bring something to the table and that you can be trusted. In order to do that, you have to allow a little bit of time to be able to establish that. And oh, that's that so, well, so well said, Monica. You know, it, it strikes me, and this is why I love um, the growing evolution of women in security who start, unlike their male counterparts, and I, I, I know this to be true because I deal with executive teams all the time, but unlike their male counterparts, 
they start with relationship as the foundation. Here's the key. You say relationship, you, you know, who knows what people mean by that? But the key is, what is that person's story? Because stories are how we see the world, right? And if you don't know that person's story and how they see the world, how can you inspire them uh, to your the, the collective story that you're trying to manage to? Would you agree? Absolutely, 100%. And I think, I think um, you, you have to establish relationships, but beyond that, um, growing into a partnership. Yes. Um, once you evolve into a partnership, now then that's where the trust starts to come in and they start to lean on you and come to you for advice. Um, or, you know, you'll, you'll have one of the executives call you and say, hey, I, I want to run this by you and get your thoughts. When you get to that point, you know that you've, you've done a good job at partnering with them and their EA and they're now starting to trust you. Interesting. So really it's the path from me, which is important, the power of story, where do they come from? What makes them tick? What's thing to we, they see their me inside the we as a collective. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Wow. No, yeah. So so what's been the most rewarding in this journey for you as you put this team together? The most rewarding, um, I, I would have to say mentoring some of the newer um, people on my team and really showing them that they have the skill sets needed and we just need to keep you know, adding to that so that they can get to the next level. And then when you, you, you see their eyes just pop open and they get really bright and there's a big smile on, on their face because they're like, oh, I get it now. Um, or wow, that, that's how you do it. Um, that for me is extremely rewarding. So the actual mentorship of building the team is the part that has been most rewarding for me. Yeah. What are some useful, uh, uh, one leader I talked to, said uh, they like to start to give confidence to their employees. They like to start you know, with story, obviously, but also kind of a leadership inventory. That is, you have some great things about you. Let's really count them. Let's, let's right. do an inventory of what you have so we then can build the house on top of that. That, that seems to be what you're doing. Yes, I, I, and one specific individual is an extremely outgoing individual and it's fantastic. But when you're a protector, you can't always be that way, especially when you're on task. So, um, you know, also making sure to convey that you don't necessarily want them to change the essence of who they are because that in and of itself is beneficial, but for them to then kind of tailor it to their situation. So if you're in a situation where you're actually with the client and you're going through a, a large crowd, you're not going to go and say, hey, how you doing, you know, and, and be that social butterfly. You have to kind of step back and really focus on your task. Um, but then when you're back in your normal environment, keep being who you are don't lose that part of who you are. So I think that when we provide criticism to our employees um, or to our teams, 
it's important for us to, to acknowledge that they have some really good qualities, but they're, those qualities, we don't necessarily want them to, to lose them or, or get rid of them. We just want them to understand the situation that they're in and kind of tailor their actions to the situation until they're back in their normal environment and then they can continue being who they are. After years and years of leading and managing people, I'm, a, I'm asking a humble question now, because I think, I think what I recognize in you is you actually care about people, which is pretty cool. So if you start with that DNA, you care about people, you want them to be in a role that makes them sing. Yes. That makes them sing, right? And, and where and the question I have for you is, that's been a lifelong journey for me, is I used to say, I don't fire anyone. I just try to find their right place. Mm -hmm. And you know where I'm going with this because the talker, for example, might never fit within that role. Right. You don't want to close it off right away. You want to see if you can streamline and leverage the skill sets. But at some point you may have to say, you know what? You best fit over here. And over here could be within the company or outside the company. Right. And that's the true mentor, not trying to get the square peg in the round hole, but trying to develop these assets over time. And are you, are you finding you're on that journey too? I, I am absolutely 100%. Yeah. Yes. It's, it, isn't it fun to find, I, 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 excuse me for the enthusiasm. I wanted to turn difficult employees into something that was fun. It was something to solve. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> you, you love a good challenge. <laughs> I love a good challenge. Where, where do I help this person sing? Exactly. How can we get them to the point where um, they see what I see? Because, right. you know, as, as a leader, you, you recognize certain qualities and you recognize where they would best fit with those qualities. But sometimes they may be stubborn and, and say, no, no, this is what I really want to do. And you have to kind of shift their mindset to guide them to the right direction because that's what's ultimately where they yeah. are going to be better. Right. And they just don't see it within themselves um, or for whatever reason, they don't find it appealing. Uh, but then making it appealing for them so that they could see that that's really where they're going to shine. Once they get there, then they, then they go, Oh, Oh yes. No, this is great. I love it. One of the things I've been reading a lot of, and I personally experienced too, was this rising next generation of um, younger people, I'll say, who, desperately want mentoring. They don't even know what that looks like. In fact, they haven't even experienced it. And I know the Security Industry Association reached out. I know they reached out to me and tried to develop a mentoring course, if you will. And uh, But this, this, this journey you're on, which you'll always be on, this journey you're on, uh, are you finding people are reaching outside the LinkedIn doors uh, into you and saying, I need some help here. I need some guidance. Help me out, Monica. Are you finding that more and more? I have. I have been. Um, I have been uh, finding that, and and I do help. Um, I respond to all of my uh, messages on on LinkedIn, um, 
And even if I can't help them, I direct them to somebody that can, um, because I, I, I feel like even if they're coming to me for, for a specific reason, they're, at, you know, at a crossroad, they're not quite sure which way to go. And one of the things that I do on women in protection, which is a talk or a chat that I have on clubhouse is is exactly that we we try to guide people when they're at that crossroad um establishing what your current skill sets are and how they transfer over to where you're th you think you want to go and then maybe redirecting you to where i think you should go and then getting another person involved that's in that space that can help them grow that a little bit further um so transitioning uh, from one profession to another, it can be extremely frustrating and kind of scary for, for a lot of people. Very I know scary. I found myself yeah. in that position. I found myself, you know, in law enforcement and, and not sure, okay, when I retire, what am I going to do? I'm still going to be young enough to work, but I have no idea what, where can I possibly also carry a gun and beat up people and you know <laughs> not that I actually beat anybody up but um I got I got paid I, I was a defensive tactics instructor so where else can I get paid to play um and and I I didn't know what that was going to look like and it, it was a very scary thought um and thankfully I was able to veer into executive protection and then owning my own business, which eventually led me to LinkedIn. Um, right. So since I know personally what that feels like, I want to help people transition from that other profession into the new one. So yes, I'm, I'm constantly finding that. And I, I have no problem mentoring people and giving them guidance. I'll even review a resume if, if that's you know all they're asking. Well, uh, for those of you listening, if you go to Monica's LinkedIn uh, site, uh, she has a, uh, an article she wrote around uh, her journey in recognizing her value and, and encouraging women as well to recognize their innate, uh, their innate capabilities that fit very nicely in the risk resilience security industry. So I uh, encourage you using her LinkedIn site as a resource. See, I did troll you. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, this has been a great conversation, Monica. Uh, it's so wonderful to have you on and looking forward to many conversations in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor.